Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. All right, let's get going, huh? I'm in a good mood today. Let's just, let's, let's just go. Let's just get going here. I'll give you the, uh, the three S's. I'll give you the countdown. You give me the music. I'll give you a podcast. All right, let's go. Like where the levels are, put it in the book, episode 294, and uh, watch that trigger finger on that music right now, okay? <laughs> Last couple of weeks have been a little, little fast, okay? Let's go. Three, two, one. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait. Star, smile, strong. Now we can go. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. Welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. Don't forget, if you like what you hear, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell anybody you know who listens to podcasts that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion is much appreciated, and I hope that you got that little gift that I sent you. Was it waiting for you on, on your doorstep for your extra effort? No? Well, I guess there were some porch pirates. Sorry about that. Well, maybe in December. So keep up the good work for another 12 months. <laughs> If you like what you hear, don't forget, go to WGNRadio.com, go to the podcast section, hit the prompt for this podcast, and you will find a plethora of podcasts ready to be binged and enjoyed. So go nuts, go crazy. Catch up, find out where we were so you'll know where we're going. I've done 293 podcasts since 2016. Most of them are in that vault somewhere, so go hunt them out. Go find them. But for now, let's get on with episode 294. So I've talked many, on many occasions uh, about uh, shoveling snow because uh, I've lived in the Chicago area my entire life, born and raised in the northwest side of Chicago. Yes, uh, for the first, what, 26 years of my life, my zip code was 606. <laughs> I had a 606er. And for a good portion of my life, the my area code was 312. And then of course, somewhere in the 80s or 90s, they there were so many phones, they had to expand the area codes. I don't know if people remember that. There used to be that uh, you know, one city, even the size of Chicago or New York had one area code. Just one. Now in the Chicago area and the suburbs, my goodness, you've got uh, you've got three one two, you've got eight four seven, you've got seven zero eight, you've got six three zero, you've got eight one five. There's some crazy ones on the cell phones now too, like two two four. I never heard that one before. Uh, New York, of course, used to be two one two. Washington D.C. used to be two zero two. California used to be 818. Although California was so big, it used to have two. It used to be 313 or 818. Look look at me, Mr. Area Code Knowledge. (laughs) I don't know why I know this. I used to make a lot of phone calls, especially when I was in uh, public relations. I would call over the country. And even my beginnings of my... um, my newspaper and radio uh, media career, I was always, you know, as a reporter, calling all over the place. So, yeah, I was calling all around the country. But, uh, yeah, it used to be a lot easier to make a phone call to another city now. All these different uh, area codes. But, um, but yeah, born and raised in Chicago. Been living uh, always around the city. And, and now, even though I live in the suburbs, I'm... Literally almost right across the street from Chicago. So (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, with Chicago comes the winter. We have uh, really hot and humid summers and really cold, windy, and many times very snowy winters. Uh, there's about, I would say, of the 52 weeks out of the year, I would take maybe three and a half. There's probably about a week and a half uh, in the spring that's nice. And then there's about two weeks in, in the fall, as far as my I'm concerned. I like a nice, you know, 55 or 60 degree day with no humidity. That's what I like. And I like a nice cool evening maybe in the 50s. And so usually in, the, in, in April, you'll have about a week or so of, of that 60s kind of thing. And then it starts to get warm. And then it gets real warm. Then it gets hot. And now it's been staying hot through September and even into early October, which is crazy. And then there's like a week and a half of truly autumnal weather, which is my favorite. And then we get right into the cold. So of the 52 weeks of the year, I would say living in Chicago, I enjoy about three and a half weather-wise. <laughs> And yet I've stayed here all my life. I don't know why. Something about Chicago, uh, but not the winter. And I've, I've been explaining that I, uh, I really do not enjoy shoveling snow. And I've been doing it since I was 10 years old. And without divulging my exact uh, age, and in fact, when this podcast posts, I will have celebrated yet another birthday another notch if you will january 8th uh, is my birthday this probably is posting on january 10th so yes i I have just had a birthday and um but i'm recording this before my birthday i'm hoping it's going to be a nice day fun day at least it's probably going to be cold (laughs) as it always is and i've talked about my birthday um, I enjoy my birthday. I don't go crazy about my birthday. Um, it's two weeks after Christmas, which uh, one week after New Year's. So by the time my birthday came around, uh, everybody was just kind of holidayed out. And so my birthday always, people, don't get me wrong, I had, it was celebrated. I had parties and I got, you know, I had parties for my friends and parties for my family, but it was always pushed back a few weeks, the weather, the holiday hangover. My birthday parties a lot of times were, especially for the family, were at the end of the month. So it was kind of like, eh. As I've talked about many times, I got the combination, many times from some people, I got the combination birthday Christmas present, which I thought was a cop-out because it, it, it wasn't a twice as big present. If I was born in July, I would have got two separate nice presents. But, hey, it hasn't bugged me that long. What, 50-some years? <laughs> I guess I'll get over it someday. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've been shoveling snow since I was 10. Uh, my dad had a heart attack uh, at a young age. He was like 47. And, um, and I was like 10 years old. And he had it, ironically, in January, about a couple of days after, to talk about another, maybe this is why it's traumatic on my birthday. I always have little mixed feelings about my birthday. I believe my dad had his heart attack on January 14th. We did have a birthday party, I think like just after my birthday, one of the few times, I guess. Or maybe it was the 24th. I don't know when it was now. I could probably look that up somewhere. I'm sure my mom wrote it down somewhere. But it was definitely right after I had a birthday party, a family birthday party for myself. You know, not for myself. My family had it, threw it for me, right? (laughs) But, um, yeah, and I was, I believe I was, what, 10 years old? I I think I was maybe in third or second or third grade. And, And I remember... I, 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 I got done with school, at grammar school, like 3 o'clock. 
And it was very strange. I lived close to school, so I used to walk home. It was only about three or four blocks. In those days, we did walk home. We weren't... Well, first of all, my dad was at work, and my mom didn't drive. We walked home from school. We were not... There was no such thing as a pickup line, you know, with all these minivans and and SUVs waiting at the school and, and blocking up traffic. Kids walked home. We used to walk home... For, for lunch sometimes, too, and be back, and then go home again. We used to walk, and maybe I, I and, and, and I, I mean, we lived in a, in a relatively safe neighborhood, I guess. It was a different time, I, I suppose, but uh, yeah, we used to walk. So uh, I remember uh, coming, uh, getting out of school, and, you know, going down the street, you know, I come out of the door, and I'm on my way to my regular route home, and uh, there was an uncle and an aunt of mine, which was strange, right? And and they weren't married. This was an uncle and an aunt, you know, two separate people. They weren't a couple. So that was odd to see them together. And, And then it was even stranger for them to be picking me up from school because they didn't live close to us at all and why would they be picking me up right so i remember coming out of the door of school like i would every any other day you know happy and carefree school is done for the day so that's good that's fun and um and then immediately being you know seeing my uncle you know waiting outside of his car for me to come out and then I got in the car, and there's another aunt. So this was strange. And they were kind of quiet initially, and, and they said, oh, you know, get in the car. We're going to drive you home. Or get in the car. And this was strange. Now, don't forget, this was also in an era of, um, of officer-friendly. Police used to come to school, and, and officer-friendly was the name of the of the brand name of the police who'd come and talk to kids about, especially about uh, stranger danger. You remember stranger danger? Don't get into cars with, with anyone. If they're offering you a ride, if they're offering you candy, if they tell you that your mom told you to pick me up kind of thing. Stranger danger always would uh, inject a, at least for about two or three days, a, a real sense of fear. Especially, I mean, that was a thing too, because we all did walk home. So it was a, it was legitimate. Uh, it was good that they did that, and it was a legitimate warning. It was legitimate to to get kids to be a little street smart even at a young age. So I applaud the police department and schools or whoever put stranger to danger together. And also, the cool thing was that if you remember stranger danger, I mean, um, officer friendly. Uh, the coolest thing was when when officer friendly would come, and it was a real policeman in the neighborhood. They're talking right now these days about policing and, and, and getting more active in the community. Well, this certainly was, was either ahead of its time or was doing what, what they're talking about doing now. I don't know what happened to it. But, yeah, once or twice a year, police would come to our class and talk to us and talk about you know, being safe and being aware and being alert and, and, uh, and, strange and, and, and just always be weary of stranger danger. Now I'm not saying that my uncle and my aunt were stranger dangers, but it was it that was the first thing that came to my mind, like, whoa, because this was so out of the ordinary. I'm walking out of the school and here's somebody, you know, my uncle, right, right. So I mean, I mean, you know, I, I trust my uncle, right? But it was just weird. I was getting into this strange car coming out of school. It, it, I do remember flashing on well, this is even uh, this I wasn't thinking of, of them being stranger dangers, but it was it was odd. I I think I may have even hesitated. I can really close my eyes and think about it. I can really picture that. It was, it was that uh, memorable because, as I said, they didn't live near me. And uh, so for, for this uncle and this aunt to have been together to pick me up was odd. And I remember I got in the car, and I was in the back seat, and they started driving, and I noticed that they weren't driving to my house. I've, even from a young age, I was always very cognizant of where I was going. I would always sit in the front or the back seat, and I'd always look at the street signs, and I always knew like you know, where we were going to turn, when we were going to turn, where we were at, we were close to home. 
So when I started driving on my own, I really knew a, a lot of uh, directions and streets because I just always was, for whatever reason, paying attention to the street signs. And um, and I noticed that we were going in a completely different direction to my home. So I'm like, and they were they were both quiet in the car, and I'm in the back seat, and now I'm noticing that we're not going home. So it was it was it was I I, I just sensed something was going on. And they said, uh, well, Jimmy, um, uh, your dad got sick. And it was like, whoa. And they said, so we're going to, your mom is at the hospital and your, your dad is uh, very seriously sick. And I think they said he had a heart attack. But what, when you're 10, especially at that time, do you even know what a heart attack is? It was clearly this was serious. It was obvious this was serious. My mom wasn't there to pick me up. My aunt and, and, an, uh, and an uncle were there. So they must have been called, and they must have all been to the, at the hospital at first, and someone said, look, I got, we, someone's got to go pick up Jimmy, you know, and, and bring him here or some, you know, whatever. And he's going to be home alone because, you know, my mom's at the hospital. And, um, and it was a very serious heart attack. And this is, you know, this is in the, in the early 70s, mid-70s. And, um, you know, heart treatment was, was beginning to, uh, to, to evolve, but it still wasn't like it is now. And so, um, from what I understand and my dad, my dad, you know, that generation was very, was always when they didn't talk about themselves, you know, today's world, that's all we do. Look at me and listen to me, right? First, it was look at me with the selfies, and now everybody has a podcast. Just remember who was doing podcasts before anyone else. I mean, I've been doing this for almost six years now. But now everybody has a podcast about everything. So now it used to be the, the, our, this generation and, the, and our culture was look at me. Now it's look at me and listen to me. Under the, uh, under the, the overall theme of pay attention to me, that's, that's where we're at. Um, but but that generation, that World War II generation, was not that way at all. And they always talk about how many World War II veterans never talked about their war experiences. Very unlike, you know, the Vietnam um, veterans who who were dealing with this and 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 did not keep it hidden. And it's not good to to do that. So I'm not putting down the Vietnam vets, it was good that they actually started to, 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 to talk about the, the, the horrors of war so that maybe we don't send people so easily as we used to. But that World War II generation, they certainly saw their, their share of horrors, um, but they, they didn't really talk about it. They didn't, um, they didn't come back uh, expecting any big, um, grandiose, outward signs of uh, of appreciation they just sort of put that behind them it's it was strange um because today everybody you know we take credit for for nothing and uh those world war ii vets certainly uh made a huge sacrifice in their lives they were drafted don't forget we don't have a draft anymore they were drafted their lives were completely unend upended whether they whether they believed in the war or not they went and certainly, uh, World War II and uh, the threat of uh, of Adolf Hitler was very real. And so, uh, but yeah, that generation didn't seem to talk about it. And I talked to my dad later in his life about his heart attack, and I don't even know how much he knew to tell you the truth. You know, I think it was so much, you know, it was so, at that time, you know, we weren't as in tune to our our health as we as we are today we didn't have the internet to go look all this stuff up and 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 have a a a, 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 a baseline knowledge of health i think people sort of did what they did and then they got sick and then when they got sick they found out and they were basically taken care of but they never really found out the root problems until they got sick <laughs> So I don't even know how much my dad really knew what happened to him. All I know is it was a very serious heart attack. And from what I understand, I mean, 
it, it really was touch and go, and, and they got him to the emergency room, and um, it could have been uh, it could have been fatal. It could have lost him at a very young age. Um, so he gets this major heart attack in the winter. So little Jimmy uh, suddenly is called into duty. You know, you gotta you gotta step up. You know, thankfully my dad recovered and regained his health. Um, and uh, for a while there, he he really you know he was then walking and uh, he lost a lot of weight and he quit smoking and he quit you know quit you know drinking a lot you know I mean it was he was completely you know and that it lasted for a while and then all of a sudden as as the years went on he started to fall into some of his older habits again sadly and he did start to smoke again and then he wound up having another heart attack and and he wound up having quintuple bypass when he was in his mid-70s and um, and he kind of declined after that he did live to be 78 but the last three or four or five years of his life um, were not easy health-wise but um, but anyway so here i am at 10 you know, and I did chores around the house, but I was only 10, right? Second, third grade. I mean, I wasn't ready to, you know, start painting the house. I used to take the garbage out. I did a few things around the house. And so now I had to be definitely, I mean, you know, you hear about even today, they talk about, you know, the the rigors and the, 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 the possible danger of shoveling snow, of how it taxes the, your body, especially men. Um, I just saw something the other day because it started. It snowed here for the first time uh, in a while, and so of course the news pulls out all their all of their annual snow stories, and uh, you know the the not only the physical exertion of shoveling the snow certainly you know can tax your heart, but it's the also the combination which I did not know. This is interesting. What, what what makes uh, shoveling snow apparently so dangerous and potentially fatal is not just the physical physical exertion of lifting the snow and and dumping it and 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 doing that repeatedly for you know thirty minutes and and sometimes and I'll tell you about my snow situation which is the I, the whole I which is the real point of this podcast today. Um. But it's also the combination of the physical exertion plus the cold outside. Because the cold outside makes, you know, your body reacts to the cold. And apparently the cold makes your blood vessels contract, get smaller. So you are exerting yourself. You are asking your body to do more work, your heart is pumping, but the veins in your body are contracting. So the blood is not flowing as quickly and as uh, easily as it should because your veins are contracted. And of course, that can then lead to you not getting enough blood through your system. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting uh, kind of double double whammy there. You're doing this exertion for for extent, you know, this this constant kind of almost an aerobic exercise, which is fine. But then you're doing it outside in the cold, which has an adverse effect on your body. It's you're kind of battling your own body. You're you're asking your body to work harder while it is reacting to the cold and and protecting itself from the cold, you are exerting it. So you're kind of fighting your body, and that's where, you know, this uh, a heart condition can, can, can occur. And then a lot of people, you know, if you don't do a lot of exercise normally, then all of a sudden you're exerting yourself within these conditions. That certainly can, um, can contribute too. But... Um, so from a young age, I was out there shoveling the snow at 10. Now, we, live, we didn't live in a, in a huge, I mean, it wasn't like we had, you know, a huge, but we did, you know, we lived in a, in a, in a you know, one of those Chicago bungalows, 
that you see on TV all the time. So there was a front sidewalk. There was a little sidewalk from the the public sidewalk, a little small sidewalk that led to the curb where you'd park your car. Of course, there was your walkway to your front door and your stairs. Then you had your gangway or your walkway from the public street that led all the way into your yard. And then you had your yard, a small little area there right by your stairs. And then another walkway from that little area when you got down your stairs to the alley. A little side walkway from that walkway to the alley that cut um, perpendicular to go into the garage. And then you had to shovel your garage. To get out of your garage, you had to open you know, the little driveway in the garage and, and, and pretty much, you know, you're half of the alley. And then there was a garage right across from you, so they did theirs, and, but you did most of the alley, and then they did most of their alley, and that's how the alley got, got cleared, because when it had a big snow, the alleys were the last place that the, that the plows came. So if you wanted to get out, if your car was in the garage and you wanted to get out, you had to pretty much dig out of your garage and including the alley. Then of course you had to also, uh, the, the, the famous dibs thing in Chicago, you had to dig out your, your parking spot in front of your house and then put some old furniture or, uh, you know, some wooden horses in there. And <laughs> we did do that too. I don't, I mean, now I think it was ridiculous as I got older. I said, this is not right. We shouldn't be doing this. Uh, when I was a little kid that my dad, yeah, you know, all right, you know, Shovel the, uh, the, the space in front of the house, and, I'll, and here's these, put those there. Some cones, whatever you got. <laughs> so there was a lot of, you know, there was, there was enough snow. There was enough sidewalk, enough concrete, enough walkway surrounding this house, front and back, garage and parking space. There was enough real estate there. To give a 10-year-old a pretty good workout. And then, of course, um, I remember you learned the hard way. You know, so initially, you know, I'm assuming, okay, you know, like the, the size of the shovel was usually close to at least the, like the, 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 the small sidewalk that, you know, the gangway sidewalk that went from the public sidewalk into your yard, that was a straight shot, you know. The sidewalk, the public sidewalk, you, you, had, to, you had to go to, you know, it was wider, so you had to go a couple, of, a couple of times through that. But that sidewalk, that gangway sidewalk that went into your backyard from the public sidewalk in the front, that was, that was a smaller sidewalk. So... I only made like a, a path with that. Just I just made a shovel's worth, a shovel's width, because that was enough for you to walk. And I'll never forget this. And I learned this the hard way. Wow, did I ever. So I'm looking at this and I said, Wow, well this is this is it'll be easy. I'll just I'll just I'll just you know, and I'm ten years old. I I'm you know, I've got all this this youthful energy, right? So I'm like, well, I'm just gonna you know, because one I remember maybe one time the, the the snow wasn't too heavy. I'm like, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna just push this the the shovel the whole way. I'm not even gonna stop to throw it off to the side. I'm just gonna keep going. I'm just gonna keep walking with my shovel until I go from from here the the, the public street, the public walkway, all the way to my 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 yard fence. That's the gangway. That's that little side sidewalk there, the gangway. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to stop because I'm already trying to find ways to make this a, a much easier and a much faster task because it took a while, especially when I'm 10 years old, right? I mean, I was, I was kind of a husky kid. I, I was kind of built, so I, I was kind of strong for my age. 
But still, you're 10. You're still lifting, you know, snow. Heavy snow, wet snow many times. So I'm all, I'm all from a young age, I'm looking, find, how do I do this quicker and efficiently? I'm always looking for solutions. <laughs> so my first um, impression here is, oh, well, this one, I have to take a little, t- I, you know, it's a little wider on the public sidewalk street and even to the, the walkway up to the stairs. But this one is, is, I mean, I could just do this the width of my shovel. I can get this done in two minutes. I'm just going to walk with my shovel. I might even run. I could even run with my shovel and make this path and be done with this spot. Instead of it taking five or ten minutes, it could take two and a half, and I'm done with that portion. Well, that, that, that worked in theory. That wasn't a bad for a 10-year-old to come up with that. That wasn't a bad idea. That wasn't a bad solution, except the concrete wasn't always even. <laughs> uh, there was some settling that went on. Now, when you walk on a sidewalk, you don't, re- you don't always realize that it's uneven or that a part is settled and one part... And don't forget, the sidewalk... Well, at least this was. I don't know how they make them now. Maybe they make make it easier to do this. But in those days, that little sidewalk that went from the public um, walkway in the front to the uh, to the back in your yard was a series of blocks. So it wasn't one flat piece of con- con- concrete with no breaks in it. It had breaks every three feet or so four feet i guess a new block there was a little that that ended and another started so as time went on some of the ground on these blocks began to settle some were straight and then at times some of them angled down on the right or down on the left so obviously there was a little concrete that was above the flat surface you could be going for two or three straight blocks on that little side sidewalk, and it was as flat as can be. And then all of a sudden, there was a little settling, and boom, there was a little, maybe an inch or two of concrete now above what is the flat sidewalk, because one side kind of sunk. Well, if that's the case... And you are just pushing your shovel straight down that line. And you are not at all expecting that sidewalk to be uneven anywhere. And you're walking at a good pace and you may even be running. What's going to happen is, right, the shovel is going to hit that high end that's sticking up. If, it, if it's sunk on one side, it means it's high on the other, and your shovel is going to hit that and going to stop you in your tracks. And <laughs> especially, so you're going you're gonna to get a bump. And if you, especially now, I mean, I'm 10 years old, right? I've got my little shovel here. And I'm doing, it's not a little shovel. I'm using like the my dad's official snow shovel, metal shovel. They didn't have plastic shovels in those days. We had metal. We had metal shovels, and we liked it. And so I'm a little ten year old kid here. And so if I'm pushing my shovel the way I'm saying that I'm just going to walk down this strip of sidewalk with the shovel in front of me and just make this path and just let it continue to accumulate until I get to the very end. It's probably, you know, I don't know, 100 feet. I don't know how far it is, 50 feet. I don't know. It's a long way, especially when you're a little kid. It looks like forever. Well, guess where the shovel then when you are pushing, when it's in front of you, it's like you're pushing a stroller or, you know, it's in front of you. With your two hands on the shovel handle, 
right near your stomach or even worse, right near your groin area. Do you see where I'm going with this story, folks? (laughs) It's a lesson I learned at a young age, and I've never forgotten it. (laughs) I'll never forget. So I'm like, I've got this new solution of how to cut time out of my shoveling. When I get to this walkway, this gangway, I'm just going straight down, and I'm going fast. So here I am walking at a pretty good pace clip if not even running because now it's like the gangway is is, you know the sidewalk is kind of it's 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 flat for the most part i'm not expecting any i'm not i don't know about any about ground settling i'm 10 i don't know what that means i don't when i'm running up and down that gangway a million times during the day i'm not noticing that that one of these these little cement blocks that make up this entire sidewalk might be an inch or two higher than on one side. I'm not noticing that. I'm running. I'm 10. I have no, I'm carefree. Well, I learned about settling concrete at 10 when I began to shovel. Wow, did I learn. Do I have to tell you what happened? Once again, picture little 10-year-old Jimmy with his Winter coat on, his mittens with those bad little snaps to keep the mittens on so you won't lose them. And a little stocking cap kind of thing and, a, you know, probably a, a, a scarf as well. Those, those black rubber galoshes with those clips on them. Remember those? Definitely had them. Put them right over your shoes. And they had those clips that went right up to your, about halfway through your leg. So that's, that's my attire. And, um... And I'm, I'm going down this gangway with a, at a pretty good clip with my shovel right at my stomach, like right at my belly button area pretty much, or maybe a little lower. And I'm going at a good clip, and I'm going, this is the greatest thing I ever thought of. Look at how fast I'm getting this done. I'm not stopping, lifting, throwing, stopping, lifting, throwing, stopping, lifting, throwing to get down this gangway. I'm just pushing. And look at me. I'm already halfway done. This is great. I'm so proud of myself. I'm only 10. I've already come up with with solutions to problems. Until I hit that area of the sidewalk where there was a little settling. And the sidewalk was no longer smooth and even. There was just enough concrete above the flat surface side that that when it settled on one side or the other, it raised up. And as I'm flying now, because, I mean, I started slow, but now I'm moving, moving, and I'm like, oh, I could go faster and faster. As I said, almost running probably. And then it was like I hit a brick wall. Oh! that sho- I, I kept going forward, and that shovel stayed where it was. So you can only imagine where that shovel went. I don't know if it went right in my groin, but it certainly went in that area, and that was smarts, folks. Wow. I mean, I could only imagine the torque for a 10-year-old because that shovel just stopped, and my body kept going for I mean, I remember almost like going over the shovel. Hitting that that, you know, the 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 handle of the shovel you know, I'm walking and the shovel stops and I keep moving. So that shovel digs into my stomach. And I'm at a good clip. And I think I almost flipped over the shovel. I was going so fast. But that shovel did not move. And wow, it had to, it had to go somewhere. And it went into my, my stomach and my groin area. And even at 10, folks, that hurts. So, whew, did I learn a lesson about being careful about when you shovel the snow, be aware of the concrete. Survey the concrete first before it snows. Think ahead to the winter. When you're walking down your sidewalk, if you have to shovel your, or your, your, your driveway, whatever it is, inspect your concrete. 
Make note of the possible settled areas where the concrete is uneven. So come winter when when you can't see the concrete because it's covered with snow, file that information away, folks, because it will it will help eliminate some major injury or at least some very painful reminders. Ouch. So, yeah, shoveling, I've never enjoyed shoveling. There is, I must say, there is a sense of accomplishment and achievement when you're done. There's no question. Because when you start shoveling, it's just, you know, everything is just blanketed. There's no, there's no crevices. There's no walkways. It's just this, this big, you know, even covered area. And when you're done, you look and you go, I've created this these paths. Look at what I did. You can see the results of your work physically. There's not many things in life where you can physically see what you did like that. You can see that you dug out. That you could see the, the, the snow on each side and you say, you know what? An hour ago, that was unpassable. And now... Look at what I did. So I, I mean, there's what's, what's frustrating also about cutting grass too is you can do a great job of cutting grass, right? And there is that sense of accomplishment because you see what the grass looked like before. And especially when you're cutting the grass, uh, while you're cutting it, there's one side is still high and then you've cut, you know, maybe halfway through the lawn and you see the difference and you go, wow, look at how much better this, this cut grass looks. But then what's frustrating about that is within a couple, three days, especially if it rains, that, that nicely manicured thing that you just cut grows back. So it's a never-ending battle until winter comes with, the, with that grass. So your accomplishment is short-lived. Now, what's good about in shoveling snow, especially in Chicago, many times after the snow falls, it doesn't melt quickly. It stays around. So... You can um, be, you can admire your work a little while longer. The grass just grows within two days. It's back to looking shabby in two or three days until you cut it next week. Uh, but the snow, after you get, after you pile drive all this and you and you make these paths and you clear out these sidewalks and these walkways and these driveways and these parking spaces and these in these garage things. Uh, most of the time, the snow sticks around for a month, if not more. And you have to reshovel again, but now it's not, you know, you've at least made, you've cut through. So at least you can take pride in your work for a little longer. You say, hey, look at me. I, sho- I shoveled that three days ago. It's still here. It looks cool. The grass is, you know. Uh, but then what's also frustrating that sometimes you shovel and then the next day, because you don't know, right? You got to get out. You got to get out of your garage. You, you got to walk. You, you got to walk. So you, you have to shovel. And all of a sudden, it either rains or it gets real warm, and the, the snow just is gone. And you go, what did I just waste my time for? <laughs> so it's, a, it's both cutting grass and shoveling snow to me. Uh, while there could be some temporary uh rewards and personal satisfaction of 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 the work you've done uh many times it is uh, quickly erased and all your hard work doesn't even show to yourself or others so it's kind of a fruitless but necessary task which brings us to today Last when, when I first moved into our home, and I've explained, uh, we've got a, a very long driveway. It goes from the street, past the house, and the garage is set f- farther back in the yard. And then it's a wide driveway. It's narrow. It's a regular driveway, narrow, next to the house and right next to our neighbors, and then it expands, and there's a lot of concrete, and it goes far back. 
I should get. Our, I've, I've got the little plot of our the plat of our land. I should see just how long that driveway is, both wide and long. And when I first moved in here, I was in my mid thirties, and I said, "Geez, I'm not going to get a, a snowblower. I'm a I'm a I'm a young, strong, virile man. I'm I'm shoveling. I'm going to shovel." You know, then it was so ironic. I hated shoveling. But then it became kind of this this macho test, you know. Like I could still shovel. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna succumb. I'm not ready for a snowblower yet. And now we've been here 23 years, and I did I did succumb. I bought a small electric, you know, plug-in snowblower, which really had very little power and was kind of a pain in the butt to use because the the cord would always get buried in the snow. <laughs> so, and then that snowblower, I mean, I get it. You know, it, it, it does help get the snow out quicker than if you're shoveling, right? It's, but you still, if, it, if there's a lot of heavy snow, especially that wet snow, you're still exerting a lot of energy to get through that. And then maybe I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. But whenever I would use that snowblower, I would become a snowman. The snow would blow right into my, and I would be covered in snow and frozen so I just, I always opted for the shoveling. I would take my time and go slower. But I didn't want, at least I wasn't like a snow cone when I was done or a snowman. But because of that and doing it, you know, row by row and it's just very monotonous and I'd find ways, but there's, you know, the real estate is there. You got to... Whether you go, you know, long ways or short ways or whatever, it's it is what it is. Especially if there's a lot of snow. So to do our drive, and then of course the driveway is out onto the street. So when the plows came, come they would just push all the snow into the front of our driveway. So many times, the opening of our driveway is three to four. You know, is maybe two feet high of snow even if it doesn't snow that much on the sidewalk that opening to the driveway could be two feet high of snow because the the plows just push it over so it 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 was a a chore to shovel that that driveway for the last 23 years and i've been shoveling for more than 40 some years overall but last winter, we had a major snow, and we get drifts as well in our yard. And so even we got a ton of snow, and then my driveway looked like I, it was like five feet high. So I did the front. I'm like, at least, let me just get to the front because this back is going to be a three-hour job here. So I did the front, at least so people could walk. But then I was so tired, and it, it, it was so daunting, but we, we had to get the car out. That I succumbed and I actually asked, because my, my next door neighbor has a, a really big snowblower. And I said, hey, man, I, 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 I've never done this, but I really think I need to just, can I just borrow that snow? Because I'll, I'll, I'll be here for four days. And he let me use it. He's a nice guy. But even that, it was so high and there were, the drifts were so high that even that wasn't easy. It certainly took a lot sooner than, it, it took half the time. But it still was a pretty big exertion and it took time and, and 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 usually even even with a light snow because of the long driveway uh i mean even if i went fast it would take an hour maybe 50 minutes if i went a little faster but no and maybe i i think one time i did it in 45 minutes when it was maybe like 2 inches of snow but if there's any kind of, you know, four or five inches of snow, it's it's an hour and a half. It's an hour and sometimes an hour and a half. And sometimes even two hours if we get like those 12 inches of snow. So after last year, you know, you you as you get older, I think what's important is you 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 as I've always said to you guys here, I always try to deal with reality. And uh maybe I was stubborn when I first said I'm not going to get a snowblower. And then when I did, I got this little, you know, 
tinker toy snowblower. <laughs> it wasn't about spending the money. It was it, there was this kind of personal thing. Like, am I really ready to get a snowblower here? And it's, the answer should have been yes about ten years ago. But last year, after that that big snow and the snow, and I was just like, you know what? I just I'm so tired of this. And uh, I'm still in, in in good health, but you know I do have. I think I told you before. I, you know, I have high blood pressure in my, and I do have. You know I, I obviously have heart disease in my family. My father had a heart attack. My mom, uh, in her later years, had a heart attack. wasn't serious. She had a stent put in, but still. And a lot of my my dad, especially on my dad's side, um, a lot of heart issues. So I'm I'm very cognizant of my heart as I get older now. And I'm like, you know what? I I think, as I said to you in the last podcast, you know, a couple of podcasts ago, better safe than sorry, right? When I was talking about COVID, I was talking about better safe than sorry. Well, I, I think that's not a bad adage to live by when it comes to your health, and especially your heart. And so I said, you know what? I've been shoveling snow for long enough. I've put my time in. I've I've proven myself. You know, if, if that's what it's about. And so I decided in October that I was going to hire a service to come, especially for that driveway, because it's it's just such a pain. It's, 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 it's really, it's just a difficult thing, even with the snowblower. Between the plow, you know, burying us in and, and having to lift that heavy, wet snow all the time, which I could feel that in my arms and my shoulder. And then the drifts that would happen and, and, and carrying and then where to throw the snow. Ugh. And then the, the, the wide driveway and the long. I'm saying, you know what? I'm just tired of it. And I don't want to be one of those casualties. Of, I mean, God, the, the worst thing to ever do would be die while you're shoveling snow or even get seriously or have a heart attack while you're shoveling snow. Oh, God. That's that's the worst. I mean, to be doing that horrible task and then get sick on top of it? No. So once again, I'm looking to solve problems. I, I'm, I'm into prevention. I, don't, I, don't, I would rather prevent than have the catastrophe happen and then pick up the pieces. I'm always in prevent mode. Let's, let's prevent the bad thing from happening before it happens. So um, I did a little research, and um, so I found a, a service that would um, do the driveway and the front and the walkway and everything. And um, yeah, I had to go through a couple. I mean, this is you know, apparently, you know, this is, uh, I'm not the first one. I mean, in my neighborhood here, we have a lot of long driveways. Uh, I, I had to go to two or three different places. They they said we're not taking any new people because I would see I you know over the years I'd see these services at people across the street getting it done and I was like huh, you know I wouldn't do that. Well now I know why they did it. <laughs> but a lot of these places are they're booked up. But frankly I found one and they were very uh, the the price was reasonable I felt for the amount of what had to be done and they seemed very conscientious. They send me emails about uh, okay there's supposedly you know supposedly snow is due and here's how we've been we've been you know tracing the storm here and we expect it to go from this time to that time based on what they're saying and you know the plows will be out at this time and um, and stuff like that so um you know you pay for the season it's, it is a crapshoot you know you pay you pay for like december through march and uh, for the first time since I was ten, because once I started shoveling snow, I didn't I didn't pray for snow. I wasn't happy to see it snow. I didn't have to make a snowman or have a snowball fight because I knew I had to shovel that snow. So I'd lost my 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 youthful exuberance for snow and snow angels and playing out in the snow and having snowball fights and doing all that stuff in the snow and snow snow snow. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it fun? It wasn't fun for me because I knew I had to shovel it. So I have, I have not had a love affair with snow for quite a while in my life. Whatever fun I had, it was short-lived. Because by 10, I, was, I, I came to, 
to see snow and, and, and think of one thing, shoveling it, not playing in it. So I'm waiting for it to snow right now for the first time since I was 10. I hope it I hope we get blasted with 100 inches this summer, this this winter, because if they have to come out 20 times in a month, I've paid for it. So I want as much snow as possible now. Before I'm praying, please don't snow, please don't snow, because I don't want to go out there and shovel. But now I'm praying for snow because I'm paying. I'm praying for snow because I'm paying for snow. (laughs) And wouldn't you know it, we broke a record in Chicago. We had no traceable snow until January 1st or something. So all of December, we usually get some snow in November. No snow in November. No snow in December of of any traceable snow. Finally, we got about four or five inches on January 1st. So that was the first time that guy came. And it was only four inches of snow. But I'm like, I am not going. I was very tempted. Now, I don't know where I was on the list. If it was me, I would have been out there a lot earlier shoveling that snow because that's how I am. I like to get it over with. When the snow ends and I get out there and, okay, it's time to shovel. So I would have been out there a little quicker than they came, but I'm like, I'm not getting my shovel. I paid for this. And so I was tempted to call. In fact, I was going to call to say, hey, are you? where am I at on the list here? Because it was getting like you know a little later in the morning, early in the afternoon. I'm like, hey, you know, it's time to get this shoveled because it was going to get cold and icy. And I was just about ready to look up the number, and then all of a sudden, my wife said, "Oh, there they are." Well, I'll tell you, it hasn't snowed a lot. If you if you've been, if you, first of all, anybody in the Chicago area, you should thank me because I was I was responsible for no snow. Until January 1st. I guarantee you, if I hadn't bought this snow removal removal service for this winter, it would have snowed much earlier. I, I fully believe that. But I decided to get a snow removal service this year for the first time in my life, and we break a record for the longest time with no snow. <laughs> so let me just say you're welcome. Because if I hadn't done that, we would have had snow a lot earlier. At least that's the way I look at it. So even though it was like, what, three and a half, four inches of snow, that still would have taken me an hour, right? And I was just sitting tight going, I'm not touching a shovel. That's why I did this. I'm not going out there. I'm, I've already paid. You know, I've been paying, I'm paying on monthly installments for the season. I paid, so... I was getting a little antsy, I'll admit that, but I'm not going out there. And the guy came, and oh, my gosh. Zip, zip. He came out with his plow on his truck and another guy with him. They did the front. He plowed the back, pushed it in, and they did it by hand, then the rest, because it would be hard to put the snow somewhere else with the, with the plow. And they salted and they were gone in about 15 or 20 minutes because of that plow. That driveway takes me at least an hour or 45 minutes alone. Just that driveway. And that driveway took them about 10 minutes. And yeah, I'm not saying that it's cheap and it's not it's not it's not crazy expensive, but it's say it's another expense they didn't have. But it was cold. It would have taken me an hour and a half to do, probably, at least an hour in 20 minutes. It was done in 20 minutes. And I was like, you know what? I felt a little guilt. There was a little guilt. I felt like, wow, you know, I've, I'm, I, have I really gotten to this point in my life? But when I saw that it took them 20 minutes and I didn't have to go outside and become a snowman with the snowblower or get out there and, and be drenched in sweat and take my time and worry about, you know, am I feeling okay shoveling? 
the peace of mind that I got overcame that initial guilt that for the first time in more than 40 years, I was not shoveling snow. And that was okay. I'm getting over the guilt. So all I can say is, for the rest of the winter of 2022, in the words of Dean Martin, as long as you love me so, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. And don't forget to tell your friends, tell your family, tell anyone who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and they should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion is much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 294. I'm Jim Toronto. I am here on business. I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic from the end of the web to your screen. Snow, 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 snow. snow. It won't be long before we'll all be there with snow, snow.